Well, good morning. It's time for a note from the universe. The message in the background, the background track, the music, it's energy. Here's today's note from the universe from Mike Dooley over at Tut.com. Remember long, long ago when you were considering living the potential adventures of Bobby Coontz among an infinite array of other choices, how you suddenly turned to me and asked, deadpan, how much trouble could I get into anyway? Do you? Do you remember my reply, Bobby? I told you it would depend on a good number of factors, not the least of which would include climate change, geological pressures, celestial energy vortices, the star you're born under, political friction on the street, worthiness, luck, fate, or the mood I'm in. At which point, we both burst out laughing so hard we almost needed stitches. Like hyenas, the universe. <laughs> Bobby, this is the caption at the bottom. It says, Bobby, you are safe. All is well. And nothing can keep you from the life you want. You are so worthy. This message, I think, stands on its own and doesn't require much from me today. I would invite you to listen to it yourself and come up with whatever meaning makes sense for you. What it really comes down to is all of the external factors, everything that's out there, the world, all the things that are part of it, it's been out there for a long time, millions of years. And everything out there has nothing to do with what's going on in here. And what I mean by in here is inside each one of us. We get to decide the direction of our lives. It's up to us because we are worthy and we are enough. We always have been and we always will be. The only thing that stops us from ever achieving our true potential is fear. If we face our fears and we walk through them, just about anything is possible. Wishing each of you the very best today. Take care. I'm going to go feed her dad, so I'll take my hug now. Okay. Can I have your legs? Thank you. sounds of lighthouse reflections and the track in the background is balance uplifting piano instrumental music from fearless motivation instrumentals last week I began to read from a little book called inner wisdom meditations for the heart and soul by Luis L. Hay in the little book in the beginning it's got a suggestion for a great way to use this little book and one of the suggestions is to just open it up to a page. Uh, the way we begin our day sets the tone for the experiences that will follow and how we will react to them. 
A good way to use this book is to open it at random first thing in the morning. Know that the meditation you choose is the perfect message for that day. I also like to close my day with uplifting thoughts. It's a good way to have pleasant dreams and to awaken clear-headed in the morning. Remember, in the vast infinity of life, all is perfect, whole, and complete, and so are you. So here's the interesting thing. When I opened up this book today, it opened up exactly to this page, page 81, which on the left-hand side, it says, I am on an endless journey through eternity. Here's the message on the right side of the page. In the infinity of life, all is perfect, whole, and complete. The cycle of life is also perfect, whole, and complete. There's a time of beginning, a time of growth, a time of being, a time of withering or wearing out, and a time of leaving. This is all part of the perfection of life. I sense it as normal and natural, and though saddened at times, I accept the cycle and its rhythms. Sometimes there is an abrupt ending in mid-cycle. I am jarred and feel threatened. Someone dies too soon, or something was smashed and broken. However, I know that life is ever-changing. There is no beginning and no end, only a constant cycling and recycling of substance and experience. Life is never stuck or static or stale, for each moment is ever new and fresh. Every ending is a new point of beginning. I don't know that I could have opened this book to a better page if I'd done it on purpose. I could search through the whole book and don't know if there'd be a better place for me to start doing these weekly readings than this page right here. I absolutely believe that I am that you are, that we are, all of us are, on an endless journey through eternity. That's my belief. It doesn't have to be your belief. The next page is I dwell on positive thoughts, and the page after that is I am here at the right time. I'm going to leave those pages for in the morning. Those will be the morning reading. So in the morning I'll read pages 82 and 83, and let those be the thought for the day. And let's let this be the opening thought, the thought that closes out this day in a beautiful way. That we are on an endless journey through eternity. And that in the infinity of life, all is perfect, whole, and complete. As human beings, we are perfect, whole, and complete. And any element of our life that's out of alignment out of balance is only due to some block that exists that's keeping us from accessing the part of us which is the inner us it's blocking our access to that very highest part of ourselves that part that is perfect whole and complete so none of us need fixing we're already perfect just the way we are some of us might need help accessing areas that we have that we can't necessarily reach at the present moment in time, 
but that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with us. We are perfect, whole, and complete. Wishing each of you nothing but the very best this weekend. I hope you've enjoyed this passage. I look forward to sharing again tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Well, now that I've set the tone for the evening with a little bit of inner wisdom from Louise Hay, we're going to switch gears and we're going to pop back over to some content I shared a little earlier last week. A little bit of Master Your Message, the guide to finding your voice in any situation. The book by Vernon Ross from here on the platform. We're going to jump right into chapter two. Get your mind right. Here's the quote from Vernon. We all have to start a little broken to build ourselves up. Vernon Ross. The track in the background is Confidence. And it seemed like the most appropriate track I could find to share while I'm reading this information from Vernon's book. Here's what Vernon has to say about developing a positive mindset. He says, it's critical if you want to master your message. You can't master anything else until you get your thoughts under control. That last statement is powerful, but I can't think of anything that can be more difficult. In fact, while attempting to write this book over the past two years, I'll admit I've stopped more than I've started. That is actually possible. And here's how. There were several times I wanted to crack open the laptop and start writing, but I would talk myself out of it or come up with reasons not to start. The resistance was five to my one, which is the number of times outside of this writing when I've been serious about accomplishing this work. To fully understand the problem, I think you have to understand the root cause of the situation. My first attempt at writing this book was in late 2014, but those two months of effort ended up with me in full mental breakdown mode, ugly cry and all. It was all about Brother John and what he'd said to my mother about me. Everything I'd been holding down for years erupted. Until then, I'd become pretty proud of the progress I'd made on the book up until that point. That is, until I decided to actually read what I had written. It was complete garbage. It wasn't interesting and didn't capture one real idea in the entire thing. 8,000 words of wasted space, time, and effort that I would never get back. To make things worse, I kept thinking, Brother John was right. I'm nothing, and I haven't amounted to anything. Like a complete failure and fraud, a complete and total waste of space who's just wasting everyone's time with these silly dreams of becoming more. After all, I never even finished college. Here's the context. In grade school, I was constantly bullied and ridiculed by a couple of behaviorally challenged young men. Unlike a lot of kids who were also bullied in school, I was willing to fight back and stick up for myself. I'm no victim and never have been, but if you're going to hit back, you have to make sure that Sister Mary Catherine wasn't watching. Whenever she caught sight of us kids, I would be the one in trouble because I was the one hitting according to her perspective. After about my fourth suspension from school, my mother was invited to go talk with Sister Adele, my teacher at the time, along with Brother John. After meeting with Sister Adele and Brother John, my mother discussed what happened from my perspective. I think she wanted to see if I would tell the same story and what was expected of me. 
I wish I could recount the entire conversation, but sadly, I can't. What I do remember is my mother repeating to me what Brother John said to her. He said, Ms. Ross, I'm just going to tell you that if Vernon continues to act the way he is now, he's not going to amount to anything. Okay, she answered in her classic Sally Ross way. Then she continued with me, You know what Brother John told me? He told me, Your son ain't going to amount to nothing, not the way he's acting. He's going to either end up dead or in jail. Now the question I have for you is, are you going to prove him right, or are you going to grow up to be the man I know you can be? Wow. My mother always believed in me, no matter what. She encouraged me daily and reassured me that I was intelligent and could do anything, and I do mean anything I put my mind to. All of that still didn't seem to make a difference when I thought I had failed at writing. It wouldn't have been the first failure in my adult life, but for some reason it seemed to hurt more and cut more deeply than any time before. It took about an hour of non-stop sobbing before I could compose myself. I wasn't sure at the time what was going on, why this affected me so deeply, but what I did understand is that I needed to figure it out, and I'll continue in the next segment. Then, I was suspended again for fighting. Yes, suspended for fighting, but in reality, I was always the one getting beat up. It seemed I wasn't smart enough to know that if you're going to hit the person back, be sure to wait until the teacher isn't looking. For years, Brother John's words held me back. The underlying thought that maybe he was right. And for the longest time, I actually thought getting a great job and making a lot of money would prove he was wrong. I don't know why his opinion of me still mattered. I have no idea if the man is even still alive. It's funny how the ghosts of the past remain in our lives and keep us from seeing what's right in front of us. Those hateful words of doubt from your childhood that bite you if you stare in the mirror too long or make you think you shouldn't when your gut tells you that you should catch that dream you've been chasing. It came to me on a drive home just a few nights ago. I thought about Brother John and what my mother told me he'd said about me. I thought to myself and maybe even said out loud, you're right. I didn't amount to anything. I amounted to something. I'm a great father, a loving husband, and a good friend to many. I show kindness to people, and I inspire them to do more and be who they are. Through podcasting and speaking, I've been able to help change or guide the direction of the people I touch. I'm something, Brother John, and I matter. Well, that slowed me down a little. It didn't stop me from writing, but I had so much growing to do over the next few months, and it ended up being an entire year plus some months before I got started again. What I think affected me so much about what was said is that I internalized the statement and measured everything in my life against proving to someone that honestly wasn't important. I didn't need to prove to Brother John or anyone else that I had amounted to something and that I mattered. You never know what's going to change you and or what's going to make a difference in your life and how you see yourself. For me, it's always been reading and even now it's listening to audiobooks along with writing in journals. It was summer 2014 when I discovered a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. 
It's a book about the Toltec belief system. There's a section in the book that talks about how you shouldn't take anything personally, not even the things you think about yourself. That's when it happened. An actual light bulb moment came to me while I was doing yard work. I had already achieved everything I would ever need, and none of it had to do with money or traditional success. I have two wonderful children who are both healthy and doing well in school, and mostly well adjusted to life. My wife Jessica is an amazing mother and great wife, and our marriage is solid and stronger than ever. Once I understood and looked at what I really had achieved, it was easier to actually sit down and start writing. It was also a lot easier to start applying all the mindset coaching I've learned over the years to my own life and following the advice I had been giving to clients. Nothing feels worse as a coach than to know you're not fully embracing everything you're teaching. And what's worse is to not even realize that you weren't embracing it. It's not that I wasn't aware my mindset wasn't right, but once I understood I was actually winning was when the breakthrough came. The process of getting my mind right to deal with whatever issues I would encounter when writing. Often we aren't aware of the mindset issues that hold us back and I've found that we tend to put other things in the way of things we would have to face that move us forward. A practice I started. I started this two minute exercise when I noticed my mindset is drifting to being overly critical or negative about life in general. Grab a piece of paper and think about the mindset challenges you have right now. What makes you doubt yourself? Now write everything down that comes to mind. Is it real or self-imposed? Label each one accordingly. Now review the list and ask this question. Are you allowing others to affect how you see yourself? Write down and take a close inventory of everything good in your life and focus on those things. How you view success affects your mindset. When you think of success, who do you picture? Maybe it's Jay-Z for what he's been able to do in business or Mark Zuckerberg for building the largest social network in history. We tend to picture the greats as to what success looks like, followed by the thought, I could never do something that great. I'm going to pick back up here with the question that Vernon asked. How do you picture yourself? When I mentioned Jay-Z, did you think, I could never be better than Jay-Z or as wealthy as Elon Musk? What about someone you work with on a daily basis? Have you looked at one of your more successful co-workers and thought, I could never sell as much or be that smart? Do you feel dejected as if success isn't something for you? Have you ever had that feeling? Well, you're not alone. Much of my life, I never really believed I was successful. Although I was making 10 times the income my mother ever made and could pretty much afford anything I wanted or go anywhere I wanted, I still wasn't. I always felt like I hadn't succeeded. My problem was I never really defined what success actually meant to me, nor did I have a plan to achieve it. What I did have was a desire to not be the failure that one of my grade school teachers told my mother I would be on one of her countless visits to school to get me out of trouble. I knew I wanted to provide for my family and work in the technology field. Honestly, that was enough to get me to where I was, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't until I found my voice through podcasting that I found that total fulfillment I never really had from my technology career. 
I've come to understand those past hurts were affecting how I was seeing myself. I had all the trappings of success, but inside I still wasn't good enough. Even though I had outward success, my internal conversations were coming from a place of doubt and not believing in myself. It would be easy to blame Brother John for how I was thinking, but I'm the only person responsible for my thoughts and how I view myself, and you're the only one who can control how you think about yourself. Some food for thought. People usually get what they think is possible. If you don't believe something is possible, it's not very likely you'll achieve it. And that's the end of chapter two. I hope you guys appreciated that. If you remember, I already shared the majority of chapter three with you. Chapter three was fear. So when I pick this back up, I'll pick up with chapter four. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I think Vernon did a great job with this book. And what I love most about this book is the book wouldn't be what it is if he hadn't gone through what he went through and faced the demons that he had to face to take full responsibility for his life. It was only when he was able to take full responsibility for his life, where he was, where he wanted to go, and then to define success for himself, to know what that actually was and to be able to look at that and go, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I am good enough. What an eye-opening, enlightening moment. And you can sense it, you can feel it, and when you listen to Vernon now on his station, you can hear it in his voice, which is so incredibly powerful. So incredibly powerful. When we pick up next time with chapter four, it'll be the sirens of shiny things. I think you guys are going to appreciate that. And Vernon will share with you in this chapter about how he had a call with his book coach and how that book coach said something funny and uh, how it ultimately became the title of the chapter. And I'll just leave you right there until next time when we pick up chapter four of Master Your Message, The Guide to Finding Your Voice in Any Situation by Vernon Ross. That's it for me for now. That's Lighthouse Reflections out. Bobby, signing off. If you look at the truly great athletes, you'll find that they all have something in common. They never give up. They never give up. The track in the background is Never Give Up. Epic instrumental music from Fearless Motivation Instrumentals. The perfect track as a background for today's message. Today's Olympic Kunz's Corner. Here's the quote. From Peekaboo Street, to uncover your true potential, 
you must first find your own limits and then you have to have the courage to blow past them. Peekaboo Street Gold Medal Skier. The title of this message is Discovering the Secret to Uncovering Our True Potential. How do we go about the process of finding our own limits? And then once we do find what we perceive to be those limits, how do we garner the courage to not just push past them, but to blow past them, as is suggested here in the quote? The first phase of this task is simply to understand that wherever we are presently is just a snapshot moment in time, a temporary representation of our position at the present moment, and nothing more than that. Our present circumstance has very little to do with our future potential. Once we come to the realization that as human beings, we have a nearly limitless capacity for learning, an entire new realm of possibilities becomes available to us that we simply couldn't see prior to becoming aware of our infinite nature. There is literally nothing we can't do, there is nothing we can't be, and there is nothing we can't become. But just because something is possible doesn't mean it will simply materialize. No, it takes a firm commitment to create something from nothing. And we don't ever really create something from nothing anyway. We create from what first begins as a simple idea or thought about something else. And from that thought, we then create forward from there. All things, all things are created twice. We first create in thought, and then we create in action. We think about what it is we want to do, be, become, or create, and then, then we develop a plan with action steps and activities that support our efforts to turn the thoughts into a tangible outcome or result. We create a picture in our mind of our desire and then we literally create from that picture the outcome we envision. Our actions turn the intangible into the tangible and this is how things are created. We blow past our limits when we push past what others believe to be impossible. The only things that are actually impossible are the things we decide are impossible and they only remain impossible until we change our beliefs about them being impossible. History is full of example after example of the impossible becoming possible. Believe completely, dare greatly, achieve accordingly, make today an incredibly amazing day. So much to learn from the minds of these Olympic athletes. So many messages. And today we learned about discovering the secret to uncovering our true potential. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good night. Good morning, everyone. 
As promised, I'm going to pick right up with the book Inner Wisdom, Meditations for the Heart and Soul by Louis L. Hay, on the pages that I mentioned yesterday in the other segment. We're going to start with page 82, and I'll finish with page 83. And remember, this is a very small, tiny little book. See, these are quick little readings. This one is titled, I Dwell on Positive Thoughts. Thoughts are like drops of water. When I think the same thoughts over and over again, I am creating this incredible body of water. First, I have a little puddle, then I make it a pond, and as I continue to think the same thoughts over and over and over again, I have a lake, and finally, an ocean. If my thoughts are negative, I can drown in the sea of my own negativity. If my thoughts are positive, I can float on the ocean of life. I dwell on positive thoughts. All right, on page 83, here's the message. I am here at the right time. I am on an endless journey through eternity, and the time I spend on this plane of reality is but a brief instant. I choose to come to this planet to learn lessons, to work on my spiritual growth, and to expand my capacity to love. There is no right time and no wrong time to come and go. I always come in during the middle of the movie, and I leave during the middle of the movie. I leave when my particular task is finished. I come to learn to love myself more and to share that love with all those around me. I come to open my heart on a much deeper level. My capacity to love is the only thing I take with me when I leave. And those are the two daily meditations today from Louise Hay and her little book, Inner Wisdom, Meditations for the Heart and Soul. The track in the background has been Deep Forest from Dean Evanson. Just some really mellow, relaxing music that I thought would accompany this well. I'm wishing each and every one of you the very best Saturday possible today as you contemplate the way to get the most from your day. Take care, everybody. track in the background is better than yesterday and it's the lead-in to today's Olympic Kunz's Corner. What are the real gifts that come from preparing to be our best? The things you learn from sports, setting goals, being part of a team, confidence, that's invaluable. It's not about trophies and ribbons. It's about being on time for practice, accepting challenges, and being fearful of the elements. Summer Sanders, USA gold medalist in swimming. What I find interesting about this quote and the lessons wrapped up in the message is the statement regarding trophies and ribbons and how it's not about them. The real gift that comes from preparing to be best in your chosen sport 
or any endeavor for that matter, is learning to properly set and attain goals, how to become a productive member of the team, and ultimately, the confidence that develops from countless hours of practice or the pursuit of perfecting your craft or gift. Where does the confidence to perform at our very best come from? How do we go about systematically developing our confidence to perform our very best under the most difficult conditions and extreme pressure? What can we learn as individuals from the Olympians who make what they do sometimes look absolutely effortless? How is fear managed? What about failure and setbacks? For many athletes, repetition and the clock are critical. For others, like all of us, for example, it may be the mental rehearsal of whatever is required to perform at our very best, when our very best is required. No matter the method, confidence is built over time by putting in the practice and focusing on progress while pursuing incremental improvement. Patience, persistence, and tenacity are all qualities of a champion. The quote also captures a strong sense of responsibility as it references being on time and accepting challenges. What Summer Sanders is really talking about here is who we have to become to be the very best we can be is the real gift that everyone receives when they consciously choose to become the very best they're capable of becoming. What a powerful lesson for each of us to consider and internalize as we pursue the dreams and goals of our own personal endeavors. Believe completely, dare greatly, achieve accordingly, make today an incredibly amazing day. I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, it's my pleasure to bring these forward. One more day of Olympics and then I'm done because this is a Monday through Friday thing that I do. Kuntz's Corner is Monday through Friday. Now I'll probably close it all up maybe on Monday or something with some kind of a wrap up. Maybe I'll put all these together in an episode. I think I'll have 10 or 11 of them by the time I'm done here, which is kind of cool. Anyway, as I expressed, wishing each of you the very best today as you think about how you can be your very best and about the real gifts that come from preparing to be our best. Take care, everybody.